Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. Amen. Amen. You know what? I mean, you can have beautiful structure. You can have beautiful glass windows and beautiful buildings. You know, when you leave New York, you, you know, the churches are like, they seem like, you know, they're on 10 acres of land and the building is like, you know, 18 stories and, and there's lighting. But, but really what makes a church beautiful are the what? I got it before another bite. Go ahead. Are the people. Amen. The people, you know, when you're standing in church, listen, I, I would give up any building in the world, any, as, as, as much as, as awesome as it is to have, you know, a complex where we could do a lot of things and that's the only reason we would want a, a bigger place is not to do anything but to have more things, you know, for, for our people. But the beautiful thing about a church is when you, you can come and, and you're not feeling good or you're feeling discouraged or you're, you're, you're questioning or you're just having a hard time. It's been a rough week and you're just standing in church and somebody comes and puts a hand on you. And somebody comes and just taps you or gives you a hug. Somebody just speaks an encouraging word into your ear. Man, that's, amen? That's church. That is church. It's not about the wonderful speakers or the wonderful musicians or the, and, and those are all great. You know, they're wonderful to have, but, but it's about the people of God. Amen. So I'm just happy to be again with the people of God. Amen. So welcome this morning. And one thing, if, if, if you know me already, I, I love, I love people. I love being around people. I love hanging out. I love being with people. I love getting into people's lives and just, you know, sometimes it's a little too much. Sometimes it's over, it's, it's exhausting and it's stressful. Sometimes it's a little too much drama. Amen. Not nobody here, I know, but you know, in other places. Sometimes there's a lot of drama. And so a vacation is really nice to get away. But I love being in people's lives. And there's one thing that I want to do today that, that I love doing. And is it's sharing the pulpit with people. Amen. Because I believe we're all here to learn from each other. And we can learn from each other. We can grow from each other. We could hear people's... Uh, understand this is not a, a place of bochinche. And that means gossip. For my non-Spanish people. Just like, let me explain those of you that follow on Facebook. A cortadito is a Cuban coffee. For those of you that, are, that have been questioning... It is an espresso. They serve it to you in a little cup like this. And it's espresso, like ink black. And then they put a little dash of milk and a lot of sugar. And you sip it slowly like this. And it's like having four, you know, Starbucks. It's good stuff. So those of you, that's just a side note for those of you on Facebook. So what I want to do, listen, I, 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 I love people and so... It fits perfectly because, see, when the, this one couple or this and people that I'm going to bring up right now, these are people I've been working with, they told me this morning, for over two years. And I've gotten to know them and we've gone through a lot of things together. So a lot of you know them and you know their story and you know that God is just doing a work, that God is doing something. And so that's, that's a beautiful thing. I want you to um, look at these, at these couples as stained glass windows of this church. Because if, if you think about back, you know, a lot of us grew up a different, in, a, in a different background, and so we're used to all the, the stained glass, right, in, in, the, in the buildings. And if you remember, the stained glass told a story. It's never just stained glass to be pretty. It was, it was a stained glass picture that told a story, right? And so the stories, the stained glasses of this church are our people. Amen. So would you welcome Merck back to this pulpit? Miguel Alvarez. I'm looking back there and he's coming here. I just want to say I love this guy. I love his family. And I love um, where we've come from. I love what we've come through and I love where we're going. 
And so if, if you would just kind of be excited about the word this morning, if you would be excited about learning this morning, if you would be excited about maybe just, just peeking into a window and letting God show you something through there. Amen. Father, we just thank you for your word. I thank you for, for this family, Lord God. I thank you for what you're doing in each and every one of us. I thank you for your house. I thank you for being together with your people today. Father, let your anointing surround us invigorate us, change us, anoint us in Jesus' name. Amen. Glory to God. Praise God. Praise God. Even in the eye of the storm, there's one with us. His name is love. And those who trust in love would not be put to shame. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Now, I'm going to begin with, well, the whole foundation of our walk and the whole foundation of our life. It said we should be rooted and grounded in love. Rooted and grounded in love. If we're not really rooted and grounded in love and we build foundations on other things, it's like sinking sand. So a lot of the times when Pastor, you know, used to come to... You know, we used to go to him and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going through some things. You know, I, I need some encouragement. I need some word in my life, you know. And a lot of the time it was a relational issue. Sometimes, you know, you know, we need encouragement, me and my wife. You know, we're growing in God and, you know. We're, we've been through years and years of situations. And one of the interesting things that Pastor said to me one time while he was talking to me, he said, because I was pointing the finger. I was saying, yeah, but you know, we need to be doing this. And, and the word says this. And the word says that. And you know, the word, the word, the word. But he said, if you want to bring it to the word, the word says love. And so that threw me back very, to the point where I went back to the foundation. And from that point on, God began to take me to a love walk. And in this love walk, he began to show me who he is. And not just the word, but who he is in love. You see, many times, you know, I chased, you know, like I said before, I chased the gifts. or I, I chased, you know, acceptance from people. I wanted to be accepted. I wanted to be a part of people. But when you're a part of love, and when you're rooted and grounded in love, and when we, really, when we really realize that love is the aim, just like if we had a big circle and in the middle we aiming for different things. Sometimes we aim for gifts. Sometimes we aim for our relationships. Sometimes we aim for, for acceptance. But if we, if we aim in the middle for love and we hit the target, everything else is going to fall in place. So in my relationship, I began to learn how to love. And one of the greatest things that we can do and learn is love. And I just want to begin now with a, um, a scripture in Luke 13, verse 33. I have the Bible on my phone over here. Luke chapter 13, verse 33. It says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings. But you wouldn't let me. But you wouldn't let me. You see, as soon as God begins to open up his mouth and speak, he declares and he shows that in his heart there's a love for a people who even stoned prophets, who stoned those who were sent with God's word, they were stoned. And even the word himself was looking over them. The word himself, his destiny was to go before them. The word himself, even though he sees a rebellious people, in his heart is an expression of a passionate love for his people. And so what does he do? He explains, I wish that you... See, if I was a hen, I would gather you. I would love you. I would protect you. But you're not letting me. See, many times we feel like Christ. 
in our relationships, whether it be a husband and a wife, uh, uh, you know, our children, our friends. Sometimes we feel like Christ where, you know, I'm trying to love someone, but they're rejecting my love. So in turn, we're being loved by a stranger. We're being loved by a stranger. Have anyone here been loved by a stranger? Or maybe the shoe's on the other foot. Maybe we feel, you know, because of the walls that we have up in our own heart, because of the fear and the situations that we've been through in the past, that these things are up. I'm not going to be hurt. I'm not going to feel the pain again. I'm not going to go through this again. So in my relationship, and so in any relationships, we build up these walls of fear. And so we won't allow love to come so far. And that love can be a relationship. Like I said, it could be God's love. But I need someone to help me better explain what I'm trying to get at right now. So what I want to do is, I want to invite the most beautiful Ecuadorian that I know. Sasha, my wife. Explain it. Hello. Okay. I'm just going to explain to you and testify a little bit on how I was being loved by a stranger. Um, I want you, I want to ask you guys to keep in mind, um, ask yourself, am I being loved by a stranger or am I that stranger? See, I grew up in a home where I had my mom and my dad, um, and I lived with my sister. Um, I pretty much, you know, had a good, you know, upbringing. I went to a good school, um, I always had food on the table, I always had good clothing, pretty much, you know, th we didn't struggle. My parents, you know, never struggled. Um, but the difference was that no one served the Lord in the house. But um, I noticed that when I was about seven, my mom used to come to me and tell me, oh, oh look, you know, look at your father's shirt, there's lipstick on it. and. And I was, I was seven years old. It was like telling my son, look, you know, there's lipstick on this shirt. And she would tell me, oh, your father's with another woman. So I started, you know, I noticed I started getting depressed. And, and I started to, like, you know, question, you know, what's going on. And then she'll come to me another time and tell me, um, you know, if me and your father was to separate, are you going to live with him or do you want to live with me? And I told him, of course, mom, you know, mom, I'm going to live with you. So as I was getting older, um, I started, like, hating my dad, you know. And my dad was real good to me, though, that I noticed, you know. He would always come home. But because she was feeding me these stuff, I started separating myself from my dad and my sister. So when we were getting older, we noticed that he would be more verbally abusive to my mom. And he would be physically abusive. Not so much physically, you know, he, he did hit her a couple of times, but he was more verbally abused. So now, I'm getting older, and, you know, I would tell myself, ain't no man going to treat me like that, you know? Now I started to develop this strong backbone. That's what I call it. You know, I had this strong backbone, and now, you know, I was in high school, and I was like, you know, if I was dating, I was like, yeah, whatever. You know, I was like... Next, you know, the moment you played me, that's it, next. You know, no chances, no second chances, nothing. If they raised their voice at me, next, you know. I did not tolerate not one thing. So then I noticed that when I got married, I got married at a very young age. And when I got married, I noticed that my husband would try, you know, to show me love and, you know, show me certain things. and But I was always like, screaming at him and I was always I was not letting him be the priest of the house the way he should have and I was always giving him attitude and I was you know I still do that sometimes but you know it's a difference now <laughs> I didn't understand why why I was treating him this way and I was very harsh and very cold and he tells me you know don't you love me like he asked me like don't you love me and I'm like yeah I love you you know and he's like but then why you treat me this way and I, you know, and then he started like digging, like, you know, cause we were learning about, you know, the roots of, you know, digging into the roots of your path and stuff. So he started digging into my life and started asking me questions about my life and asking me all these, you know, just digging. 
But then I noticed as he was digging, you know, I believe the Lord was showing me that I started, when I was looking into my past, I started noticing that in my house, there was no like communication at all. I'm telling you, no communication. The moment father walked into the house, everybody would go into their rooms. I never saw my mom and my dad doing things together, like, you know, holding hands, loving up on each other, nothing. So there was no communication. There was no interacting with each other. And most of all, you know, no one was showing love to each other, not to me or my sister. And I noticed that in my house growing up, no one ever said the word, I love you. Like, no one ever told me, Sasha, I love you. Sasha, you know, you're this. No one. No one to this. I'm not going to say to this day, but I think to this day, they don't tell me I love you, but I think they show me, you know. But when I was growing up, no one, you know, did that to me. And then I'm like, so when he was, you know, I started crying because I'm like, Dad, you know, like, you know, did they love me? Like, so now I really question myself. I'm like, what is love? Do I know what love is? How do I show my kids? How do I show my husband when all I know is, you know, the abuse, the verbal abuse? And that's what I, I was becoming like my dad. So I have this scripture where, you know, I believe everything falls into place. It says in First John 4, 8. It says, he who does not love has not become acquainted with God, does not and never did know him, for God is love. So because I was not acquainted with the Lord and I didn't have God in my life and, and I believe, neither did my parents, I did not know what love was and I did not know that God was love. So when I say that, I believe that my husband and the Lord was a stranger to me. I was being loved by a stranger because I was already saved. I was saved by the age of 14. So, I mean, I was going to church, doing what I had to do, but I was always so harsh and cold. Like, you know, my hands was like this. If I was mad, you would, you would know that I was angry. You know, if my friends would know if I was mad at him, you know. But because I really believe I did not know and I didn't have that love of God in me. I did not. I had all these walls. I built so many walls and did not let no one in no one so I just want you guys you know to ask yourself am I being loved by a stranger or am I that stranger that is loving on you know your family and you know your family members are not letting you in you know a lot of us a lot of us um, been brought up in a house where no one is showing you love you know but you know now that you are here I believe that the Lord you know is trying to let you know well I will love you you know, I'm, I'm here for you. Don't, don't keep me as a stranger anymore. I just want to, you know, come to me. You know, let's break down all these walls and come to me, and I will show you love. That way, you know, no longer would I be that stranger to you. And, you know, to encourage you guys also, um, I really believe that, you know, only I, I want to encourage you guys only because, you know, no one ever told me they loved me. So now, you know, now I always go to my children. I'm like, I love you. I love you. Like every minute I'm like, I love you. Because I think those words are important. And I think those words are important only if you really, if you say it and if you mean it. You know, just don't say it. But, you know, say it and mean it. And, and I pray that, um, you know, from now on that you guys will say that to each other. You know, I encourage that you guys will say that. If you guys don't say that, then start saying it to each other. And start telling, you know, your spouses, you know, I love you, honey, you know, you know, start communicating because I didn't have none of that growing up, you know, even though I lived in a good home and, and even though, you know, we had money and, you know, everything looked perfect and dandy, but it wasn't, there was just no love. I mean, no communication, nothing. Me and my sister had to suffer because of what we saw. And, you know, and what I could say today is that through Christ and my husband, he showed me unconditional love. And therefore, the Lord and my husband are no longer strangers to me. And, and, today, now, and today, I'm going to let you guys know, too, that my mom and dad are saved. And, you know, before, they didn't know Christ either. They didn't know Christ either. And now that Christ is no longer a stranger to them, you know, now they're able to... Um, you know, show me love, you know, show me unconditional love, even though, you know, I don't know, you know, they talk mostly Spanish, so I don't know if they're going to be like, sometimes my dad be like, oh, I love you, you know, you know, he sounds funny, so he's not going <laughs> to, so, you know, but I just, I just want to encourage you guys and let you guys know that do not 
ask yourself that question and you know before the service ends you know please if if you feel that you're being loved by a stranger then no more i pray that those walls will be broken and that you know you will you know be set free and allow people to love you freely and unconditionally because that was a real that was a breakthrough for me i did not know what love was at all and now that i understand and know what unconditional love is then you know i believe that you know i was set free and will allow my husband and god to speak to me and to love me unconditionally thank you Preacher. That's my preacher. Praise God. So you see, in our upbringing and the things that go on when we're when we in a relationship, when we're when we in a marriage, we don't understand why we behave certain ways. I, I, I understand, like for me, when she used to behave like that towards me, I used to feel that pain. I used to be like, don't you know what you're doing? Why are you why are you treating me like this? What's going on? I mean, because I would because I was trying to save myself the pain of what she was bringing in my life, and God said, "Wait a minute, take my hand for a second. Let love show you something." So love began to take me to a place that I didn't even know about my own self, a place that I didn't, it, which was really uncovered because when I was young, I didn't really understand it. But when He showed it to me, it was like, "Wow!" You see, because when I was young, I was rejected. And so when she would come at me sideways, come at me with attitude, and I would like, yo, what, what, what's going on? My response wasn't to love her. My response was to repay evil for evil. Not evil for, not good for evil. You know, she coming at me this way. Oh, come on. I wasn't, I wasn't grounded in that love. But now when God showed me, you see, because of this rejection, you fear that rejection. You fear that pain. So you respond back in this anger, and what you're doing is actually repaying evil for evil. So I said, wow, God, I mean, what, what, I, mean I don't want to feel this. I mean, I don't want to go through this. Why am I going through this? But you see, it's something in marriage that we can get where we can't get nowhere else. In marriage, because the body of Christ is called the bride of Christ. So I never knew, I never had a father. I never, I never you know, my father wasn't married to my mother at the time. And, you know, I, ne I never knew how to be a father, a, a father, a husband. I didn't know what to do. I know the block. That's all I knew. So then when God said, take my hand, let love show you the way. And so what happened was, was that Christ became the mirror in marriage to me. He became the mirror in marriage to me. And he showed me how to love. He said, you see... Do you understand that when you complain about your wife, when you complain about the relationships, the things that you're, you're going through, do you understand that when you point the finger and you go your own way to embrace different comforts, to, to alleviate the pressure and the agitation in your own heart, do you realize when you go that way that you behave the same way to me that, you, that she is behaving to you? So what happened was God said, you understand this? Let me show you. When you do this to me, how do I respond to you? Do I point the finger in your face? Or do I show you love? When you confess your sins, am I not faithful and just to forgive you of sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness? Am I not love? that loves you regardless of the way you are did I not know that you would be and you would struggle and you would continue to go through a road but wasn't I here to meet you in love don't you remember in the scriptures when the father looked longingly in love waiting for his son to come back from the, pig, from the pig's pit I loved you I'm the mirror in your marriage I am the husband you my bride love your wife like Christ loved the church and he gave himself for her so looking at myself wow I ain't got that kind of love you know when I alright alright let me try let me try let me try so I begin to 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 exercise love I begin to try try to love on her and I love on her and all of a sudden when I don't see the the results from me sowing love I get I get upset again. Now, this ain't working. But you see, it's not God's love. It's your natural human love that's trying to bring you to a place where you think you need to be in your marriage. 
But that's not what I'm calling you to. You say, well, but how can I get that love? The Bible says that the love of God was shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So it's there. The only thing now we got to do is learn how to exercise it. Learn how to get those muscles, those muscles of love exercised. God, God I see, you know, you know, you know, people are coming at me this way, or my husband is coming at me this way, or my wife is coming at me this way. I can't love them. I'm upset. I feel resentful. I feel bitter. Father God, I don't know where I'm going to go. Is this worth it, this love walk? What can I do? Is this worth it? What do I do when I love and I don't see no response? I'm sowing and I don't see no response. I know you said in your word, sow. And don't grow weary in well-doing, because in due season you shall reap a harvest if you faint not. God, I'm fainting. God, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm trying to love, but I don't see no results. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? And God says, keep on loving. Keep on loving. You don't see no results? Keep on loving. Because you will reap a harvest if you faint not. You know what the greatest weapon is? God said, I so love the world that I gave. I demonstrated that my, my love towards sinners, that I demonstrated my love towards everybody that while they were still sinners, I died. So love was the greatest weapon that came down to destroy the works of the devil. But we say, God, I don't got that love. I mean, then rest in the fact that I'm able to love them through you. Can we be a channel of love? Can we be a vessel of love? See, if we're his offspring, the Bible declares in Acts that we're his offsprings, offspring. Now, if we're sons of love, then we should have the likeness of love. Because the Bible says, how are you going to know that you're my disciples if you love one another. So the thing is now, okay, God, and when pastor hit me with that and it struck me, I really need to be a disciple, a son of love. All right, God, you're showing me the mirror, the, the mirror of love by the way you treat me. So now I need to transfer the love you give me and give it to my wife. When I feel this way or when I feel that way, you see, it's not about me, God. It's about me serving others through love. See, you were called to freedom, not to satisfy the sinful desires of the flesh, but to serve one another in love. I needed to learn how to serve in love. But you see, me and even my wife, we were brought up with these belief systems that cause us to believe that this is the way it got to be. That's the way it got to be. You can't touch this or you're going to feel the wrath or you're going to feel the pain. False belief systems is not love. So what happened was God had to take that word and wash these false belief systems in our lives. So sometimes for us, we get into relationships, we get into marriage, and, and sometimes in different cultures for men, we think women are beneath us. Oh, you go do this for me. What, what did I say? What did I say? And sometimes we abuse women, not just with our words, because sometimes we can't strike them, so we hit them with our words. And sometimes we abuse women's, women with our, with our physical strength. But we believe, we grew up believing that from seeing our parents, from seeing people that we grew up with, our uncles, that we needed to put these people in check because it's all about me. It's about my excitement. It's about my pleasure. It's about the way that I want things to go. And for women growing up, like my wife said, we think we miss independent. We don't need a man. We don't need nobody to tell us what to do. We don't need love in my life because I got my walls up. I'll do things for myself. I'll protect myself. And my walls and my scales are so tight, we can't even let God in. Love is crying out. Love is saying, I desire to love you like a hen wants to gather the children together but you're not letting me you're not letting me I think marriage should be a competition 
competition of who can outdo each other in love. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think and I'm going to imagine something that I can do for my wife. And then the wife's over here. I'm going to imagine what I can do for my husband. I'm going to outdo each other in love. Because sometimes the greatest, the greatest hindrance to relationships and marriage is selfishness. All about me. It's all about me. You don't do this. You don't do that. It's about me. When I feel the pain, it's still about me. Selfishness. But God wants to break the selfishness in all of us. And the thing is, is that sometimes when it's selfishness and love is trying to cut it off, it begins to have a struggle. We begin to learn. That's, that's, we, we begin to learn how to, how to love in our walk. When we say, you know what I think is about me, love says, don't go this way. I say, oh man, that was a struggle because we don't like suffering. And when temptation comes and when things come, it brings suffering. And sometimes we don't like to feel like, like that pain, that inward agitation, that suffering. So what we do is we pull away sometimes because it's too hard for me to deal with. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to leave you and I'm going to go and I'm going to get another woman and I'm going to sacrifice my family on the altar of selfishness and embrace another family selfishness selfishness but love is the remedy love is the remedy I remember one time that I had sinned against the Lord and I was, I was so upset and you know God calls me in the morning to pray sometimes well, all the time and I was sleeping and I was, and I was in a dream and in the dream the Lord said wake, wake up and pray I said, God, I, I can't, I can't, I don't want to pray. I, I, I can't pray. You, you, you know what I did over, this, over here. You know what I did. I feel ashamed. God says, selfishness. And he showed me that love was the avenue to give me power to be obedient, to go this way. I said, well, God, you know what? I, 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 I kept bringing excuses to him. I kept saying, well, you know what? I really feel like selfishness. He kept pointing it out. And then after he pointed out, he showed me how love was the avenue and gave me the power to be obedient. Even in this life, God says, I give you a new commandment that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. It's not about do do this and do that. It's about choosing love or choosing selfishness. See, fear works by selfishness. Faith works by love. So if we're going to start walking this walk, the just shall live by faith, we got to begin to have our feet on the foundation of love. We got to begin to follow love because Christ is love. Christ wasn't a weak man. I'm not talking about an emotional love. Love, uh, the love of God, love kicked people out of the temple. Love said, get out of here. This is a house of prayer. What you doing here? Love is not a weak love. Love is power. Love is a weapon. Love is the weapon that broke the things that, that was on my wife off. He said, he said this. He said, greater love has no man, no, no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Are we willing to lay down our life for our wives and our husbands and our friends? There's another scripture that says, I love God because he first loved me. And if they're not showing any love towards us, if we continue to sow that love and give that love, eventually they'll begin to love back because we love them first, then they would come to love us. 
That's what the world needs. The world is, is jogging and running because they never had relationships with their husbands and wife the way they wanted to, with their, with their fathers and mothers, with their friends. So their world is running. They're running to things to find love. And what they find in is not the highest love. They find in sexual love. They find in a false love. They find in love, but it's not the love of Christ. So they're beginning to be stuck in pits. They're beginning to be stuck in all these things of the world. But if we, as a people, would get rooted and grounded in love and march out of these doors on our knees like soldiers in Christ in prayer, then we can be able to touch people by the love of God because that's what they need, love. Oh, well, you know, sister, this, I mean, they, 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 this, they, that, that's what it is. It's just mumbo jumbo. We need to love. Love shouldn't have no expiration date. Not like your milk carton. <laughs> no expiration date. Love can continue to keep going and keep going. And if we see that it's not moving and attaching itself sometimes it's our it, it, I mean we have to learn love the more we spend time with love the more we seek love, the more we find love, the more we're going to love him, the more we're going to know him, to know his ways but we cannot be slothful in this we can't, we can't sit back and say well if he loves me he's going to come do this, but sometimes God desires for us like here when he was explaining about how they stoned the prophets, sometimes he de- he's there he desires but like, the, like the, the son who was in the pig pit he wants us to come to him God can't do everything for us we co-workers with God. The Holy Spirit is called the helper. He comes alongside of us to help. He's the spirit of love. He didn't give you a spirit of fear. He gave you a spirit of love. A spirit of power. A spirit of a sound mind. So what is it? How come I'm fearing in my relationship? My anger is an expression of my selfishness, which brings me to fear. I got all these walls of fear. I got all these things. The Bible says perfect love casts out fear. And that's mature love. How we mature in love? We exercise the love. We get in the presence of love. We get to know love. But if we're too busy, how are we going to grow? How are we going to grow? So sometimes it's the belief systems. Well, all the time. And we believe certain ways. And we act in certain ways. But God, through the love of his son and through the scriptures of power in his son, he's beginning to help us understand that his promises in God are, are yes and amen. They don't fall to the ground. Nothing in God falls to the ground. God never fails. The Bible says love never fails. So if you take up that weapon, wow, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? So now, are we strangers to God? Are we strangers to him because although I'm acquainted with you Jesus I know your stats I know your mother and your father Jesus I know your sister and your brothers I know where you live in Nazareth I know all this about you Jesus but I don't have a real personal relationship and love I don't know about you but like John the beloved I want to be called Merc the beloved matter of fact I am Merc the beloved I'm the apple of his eye you the apple of his eye. We all the apple of his eye. Just like John the Beloved, they tried to kill him. And can you imagine? They tried to, they tried to kill him with burning oil. Am I right? That's burning oil, right? John the Beloved? They tried to burn him with burning oil. Can you imagine him coming up like he was coming out of a pool? Bow, and that oil didn't affect him and say, I'm the beloved of God. We all the beloved of God. Love can't fail us. He said, I won't fail you. Why? Because he loves us. It's the love of God that purposes all things. It's the grace of God that's the expression of that love to provide us all things. 
And it's the spirit of love that makes it attainable so it could perform all things within our own lives. So my question to you, are you the stranger or being loved by the stranger? God, his love is so passionate right now for us. He's not looking at you in a condemning finger. He's always embracing us, ready to show us the way, the way of love. What is it that would try to hold us back to believe the love? Because it says in the word, I have come to know and believe the love. What's causing us to be hindered from believing the love? Just like me, I had to make that decision to love. And so are we ready to make that decision to love? Sometimes we have to, the first shall be last, the last shall be first. Sometimes we have to come back here and be last in order for God to bring us to the front. We have to learn how to love over here so that when God comes over here, we won't bring his name to a public disgrace because we like rattlesnakes ready to bite anybody who messes with us. <laughs> so what is it? Right now, the only thing I would like to give you guys is to accept the passionate love of God for you, to have him impart that passionate love in you, to release that love, that passionate love through you, to reach your children. Somebody in here is discouraged because of the relationship that they're dealing with with their children. But if you stop pointing to the finger and you surround them with an atmosphere of love, then you will start beginning to see that the love of God is what changes. The love of God is what moves people out of their position and puts them right in the center of the will of God. Stop calling those things that be not as though they were because you know love won't fail. So I want to give you that. I want, to, I want you to understand the passionate love of God for you, man. The passionate, passionate is passionate for you. He died. That was because he loved us. He empowers us in love. It's dormant in here. Let us start releasing that love in faith. Let's start believing that love. Faith works by love. And I want you guys to just grab a hold of that love. I want you guys to believe that love. Release that love. It's time to accept that love. Will you accept that love today? No matter what you've done. No matter what your father done to you, no matter how your father or your mother left you, your wife or your, or your husband left you, no matter if your children are stepping on you, today is the beginning of the rest of the days of your own lives because you're going to be choosing to love. You're going to be choosing to stand on the rock of love. You're going to be choosing the weapon of love. The, you're going to be choosing the armor of love. Everything operates in the love of God. So pastor... We need to, if anything is important, it's the love of God. The love of Jesus is the most important thing that we need to stand on. Surround the children. And the job, don't be one person, be love. See, God is love, but when love is in us, we become the love to the world. We become the light to the world. We become the salt to the world. We become the hope to the world because we carry Christ that message. So I hope now, as the seeds were scattered like a farmer, that the words of love will be scattered continually over you. Even in your sleep, when you sleep, sleep love, meditate love, believe love. In your relationships, you're going through a lot, like the world went forth. We're in the eye of the storm a lot. Choose love. Release love. Don't put your focus on your feelings. Put your focus on the word of love. Because what you behold, you become. And if you behold in your anger, you're going to become anger in the house. If you behold in the love of God, you're going to become the love of God in your house. We need this.
We need to reflect the light of love not only to our spouses but to a lost dying world. And they don't know they're dying because they got their own false belief systems. They don't know they're lost but what changes the world is love. Even if you can do drive-bys of love while you're walking, you're in a car, you drive by love. You know what I mean? <laughs> you see a little kid with a fire hydrant, you know what I mean? He's smoking cigarettes and smoking and, 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 and drinking. You do them drive-bys. Lord God, lead them into your love. You got it now? <laughs> drive-by love. Father, I pray now that you would confirm the word of love. Father, I pray the cloud of your love will come into this atmosphere now. Father, you love your people, oh God lasting love an eternal love a love that never fails I pray now for the hurting out there Father God I pray now for the wounded out there Father I pray now for the fearful out there Father I pray the love of God will fall now Father God Father God sweep that love embrace with love you don't care, Father God, what they did yesterday. For you're the same, you're the God of yesterday, today, and forever. You can bring them back through love and heal them, Father. So, Father, right now, increase your cloud of love in this place, Father. Even if we have to go to our neighbor and tell them, I forgive, uh, forgive me, or I forgive you, so that we can get things right with love. Even if, Father God, we got to go and get things right, Father God, because you said, oh Lord God, because you love us and you forgave us, we are to forgive our neighbor, love our neighbor as ourselves. And I mean, if someone's hungry, we don't give them no oatmeal when we eat in McDonald's. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. Father, I just thank you now for your people. For your people are weapons of power. Your people here, this is a sanctuary of love, Father God. This is a sanctuary that we can be rooted and grounded in love, Father God. This is your people who are not judged, but this is a people, Father God, who are growing in your love. And I pray, Father, that you will release them in your gift. Because it's not us chasing a gift, Father God. You said love. And the gifts will come naturally. So Father God, I just thank you. And I praise you for all you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, listen. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. I, I, I need you to really, to, to really grab that. Love has no expiration date. That's such a beautiful way to, to think about the love of God. Love has no expiration date. Uh, listen, there's husbands here. There's wives here. And, and we just have been feeling it all through this. You, you've been trying, man, and you're about to give up. You're just waiting to, you're like, I can't keep doing this. I can't keep doing this. I, I can't stay where I'm at. And, and even in that, sometimes we entertain other things and we entertain other, other affections, other you know, ways of attention. But listen, God is, just, God is just telling you today that you can love that stranger and you can make a change as long as he's not the stranger that's loving you. And, and, and it means that we need to get into a serious relationship with God. It means that we, we can no longer have him as a stranger. We need to have that relationship so solid that every other relationship would benefit and be glorified by it. And so if you're, whether you're visiting or you're here since the beginning, man, I just want you to know 
You've been loved by a stranger. And if you don't know the love of God that we're talking about, if you don't understand this kind of love, I, I know it's so hard, especially for us men maybe, to, to comprehend a love that lays down, a love that just, that just lays it down, a love that sacrifices, a love that gives and doesn't get back. But listen, that's love, man. That's, that's, that's the kind of love that, that it takes a man to do. That's the kind of love that a real man can, can, can perform. It's easy. It's easy. To, the other kind of love that our daddies taught us, that's easy. Whoever's weaker than us, we can push around. Whoever's, you know, smaller, I mean, let me get it right. There's some women in here that can probably knock me out. So, so you know, don't, you know, understand. But, but that mindset, man, there's got to be a mindset that says, I'm going to love, I'm going to love everybody around, not just my wife, but I'm going to love everybody around me until they understand the love of God and are no longer loved by a stranger. If you're willing to stand, if you're willing to say, man, that's me, I'm going to love not only my wife, not only my husband, but, but everyone around me, I'm going to love them. This is, you know, this is part of the walk it out series without even being in, in the book of John. Amen. This is walking it out, walking out true love. If that's you, would you stand with me? Can we, can we just worship together? If that's you, come on, would you stand? Can I have the real, real stand? We thank you that your love never expires. I thank you, God, that it's not too late for those that are here. I thank you. Listen, some of you may be sitting back and saying, well, I've done too much. It's been too long. I've already left that marriage. I've started three others. Listen, I've already done this. I've done that. Listen, it is not too late. The word for you today is that the love of God has no expiration date. Would you receive that today? Would you receive that today? Come on, let's worship together. Let's worship together. Before we leave, let's worship together. Welcome home to the sanctuary. A place of rest for the broken and weary. Where you can let go, cause you're fully known. My forever daddy, oh how we love you so. Thank you for supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.